I'm confused. Where was it you were? I do not know. We went through like some portal to hell that like took us on this trip that would never end. I mean, this sounds like that. Like how many hours? I think total it was over seven. Oh my god, that's yes. a lot of time for it stuff is to happen. A lot of time. Okay, we got to get through this yeah. a little bit more. I need to know some more details. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Nibbler here with Sarah Stillen. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network and then available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. A lot to talk about today, but first off, I want to say thank you to everybody who goes to funemploymentradio.com and clicks on the Amazon link right there at the top of the page or whatever device you are on. <laughs> Wherever you You're find on your it. mobile telephone. Mobile devices. Or as Jess, uh, the birthday girl, said, uh, her telephone. Oh, telephone? Mm-hmm. Why? Because the phone's not working? I don't know, but I just kind of like the way that that flows. You just like the name of it. Telephone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, okay, that works. It All right, work. well, whatever device it is, even if it is your telephone, you can still go through the portal to Amazon <laughs> by going old. to uh, there and click on that. Uh, link right there at funemploymentradio.com. All right, we've got a lot to get to today. We do have, of course, Mr. Rick Emerson, our pal Rick Emerson, who's going to be joining us here in just a few. I know. So I'm um, so grateful for his patience, too, because we've been bopping him around. We so have. He's been... Well, bopping, now it sounds like we're beating him or something. We're not beating him. We're not beating him. Are Rick you Emerson. beating him? No. What are you Good doing? Lord, no. No, but bopping him around, that kind of has a different connotation. I don't... Sounds like you're like socking him. Like wow. every time. No, well, that's that what bopping. Like you're... Okay, it sounds like you have some issues with that. No. Uh, but. <laughs> Uh, yes, we have been moving around, so we do appreciate his patience immensely. So he's going to be joining us here in just shortly. But to explain, we did not have a show yesterday. And, and I, I will say this, right around this time of year, uh, Sarah and I are getting a couple of opportunities to um, kind of take a break. So sometimes that may have an effect on the show, like tomorrow's show. Uh, yeah. I probably won't be here for a show. Um, I mean, between everything that's been going on and Greg has this crazy ass schedule. And then, you know, I'm working all weird hours with like real estate stuff, too. Like we don't really get a lot of time off. And like so when we do, we want to snag it. Yeah. And we know you all understand. Yeah, totally. I I know everybody does. Just want to make sure you knew that. Uh, And we appreciate all of you for listening. So one of those opportunities arose for me yesterday. So uh, our good friend, Dan Bozick, uh, you, I think we've had him on the show several times. You, yep. Yeah. Um, one of our good buddies, he, he wrote yesterday and asked if, I, if we would be interested in floating. And, you know, Greg had his, all of his interviews all day yesterday. But thankfully, I had the day off. So I got to jump on that chance. So thank you very much for understanding that I really wanted to go do that. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I, I want to know more about this. Yeah, I, have, I haven't been floating at all this summer. And it doesn't even feel like summer anymore. Like the leaves are falling. It's, it feels like fall Stop it. Point. Don't Stop. say that. I'm not. It's September 3rd, 2020, the year of our apocalypse. And it's and gonna it is be not like fall. High, it is not it's fall. It's going to be like high 90s today. I anyway. hate everybody who keeps saying like, well, it's fall now. It is not fall I now. I didn't say it was fall. I said it kind of felt like Don't it. Don't say that. Okay. Okay. The leaves are not <sighs> falling. Just glue them back on the trees. Dressing me out. <laughs> Glue them on the trees. You'll be fine. <laughs> Fall's my least favorite season, too. Um, but. Uh, wow. Okay. I it is fall. true. No. What's there not to like about fall? I'm just not a big fan of You get of to, fall. like, bring out sweaters, and you have to wear hats. And I don't want have to. hot drinks, and the leaves change. You know, there's certain aspects of it that I'm, I'm okay with, but I think for me, I really like summer. I really, well, I really okay. like the nice weather. But is there, what other season is there that you, like, why do you actively, like, dislike fall? I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's just gets I, it gets kind of gloomy for me, and it gets a little depressing. See, spring is that way for me. I don't like spring. Really, like February. Springs though, when everything's like starting to open back up again. No, everything's still like muddy and cold, and that bright clearness that the sun casts. I don't like that. Interesting. It feels very empty to me. Uh, Puffles in the live chat for funemploymentradio.com slash live. Let's see. Greg hates his yearly battle with the trees. That is true. That probably has uh, done a little bit towards my dislike of fall since I've, you know, over the while that I've owned this house uh, yeah. because of all the leaves. That's, oh, it's not fun. And oh, yeah, you do muddy. have a lot of leaves. Everything gets muddy again. Oh, yeah. And there's a dog that tracks mud into the house. A giant dog. And that gets really annoying. So, yeah, I think maybe that's part of it. Either way, be. it's summer right now. Yes. So you took advantage of this. And one of the things you can do here around Portland, if you live in the Northwest, I'm sure other places do this as well, but just go float the river. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what if you don't know what floating is, it's just like you you go with a, um, at least two cars. So basically what you can do is you drop one off at where you're going to end, and then you um, ride up 
to where you start and then someone basically like all of all of you pile into one car you start at the beginning of the float go all the way back down like float down to where you left the first car and then the first car goes back up to get the car that dropped you all off in the first place so it's like a it's a big to do you have to have you know multiple people in enough room to be able to do it but when you can do it it's super fun yeah or at least that's what I always think when I haven't gone floating for a while. Because <laughs> you do have this obsession with it where you're like, and it, it can be fun. It can be man. fun. And it can be, but I always forget how not fucking relaxing it is and how usually something or a lot of things go wrong. But there are also magical moments where you are floating through a canyon, looking up at the trees and sparkling clear water, like with the sun beating down on you and like watching birds of prey. A bald eagle flew over us yesterday That's while we cool. were flying. A bald eagle. It was amazing. It was, it was America like, ah! right there. It was totally America. Mm-hmm. It screeched when it went over you? No, but I, no. I heard it in my heart. Okay. Yeah, so it was like, ah! but it was like soaring. It was soaring. So, I mean, it's <laughs> incredible. But there's also a lot to float because when you think of floating, you think you're just like, just going to be bopping down the river and then like you'll get to the end and then that's it. I always forget how much work it takes. To oh, it's actually, a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Well, I mean, like, just getting ready for the packing. You have to make sure that you have, like, I, you, I at least, like, triple bag, like, like the plastic bag on plastic bag on plastic bag, mm-hmm. all of my shit. You know, dry bag, bags to hold your beer, garbage bags for trash. Like, you have to, and you have to make sure that you don't lose any of that shit while you're going over, like, the, like the rapids. Yeah. It's so stressful. So you need to have enough water. Enough you need to have enough snacks. water. Exactly. Have snacks so you're not getting. You know, make sure you have sunscreen. Like yeah. you have to make sure you have everything. You do that. Yeah. You have to prep. and that you don't because you don't and you don't lose it all if your raft pops, which is also stressful because it's also a river full of rocks that are pointy and sharp and trees that are sticking out. Yeah, you're not really selling this as a fun adventure. <laughs> it's not. I mean, when it's fun, it's super fun, but it is. A lot of work. And we are very, very lucky to have this opportunity in the Northwest because I know that many places do not have this. Yeah. And we have multiple places we can go. So the first time, this is the first time I think I've ever done this. It's terrible. It's so gross. Uh, Just rocks, just rivers full of pointy rocks that want to stab you. So I've never done this particular run before, so I'll just say what it is. It was from... Is this something that you want to tell Rick? We want Rick to be in... Yeah, I want to know, know if he... Yes. I kind of want to know if he's ever gone floating. Okay. Because I want to hear the rest of the story of being on this river for that long. It was... Because I have some theories <laughs> and, and ideas about do. this. All right. Well, yeah. we're going to go ahead and, and do this. Let's uh, just pause for a quick second. We're going to bring on our, Perfect. Our, our friend Rick Emerson, and we'll be right back. So I was talking the other day to uh, to this guy who's he's 18, and, you know, and I had that weird old guy moment of, like, thinking, like, I, you know... I, I obviously intellectually I knew this is true, but I was like, Jesus, you were born after 9-11, which was just weird. Like oh, it was God. a strange, you know, and like I'll think about all the things he's never known a world without and blah, blah, blah. And I realized that actually he may be the first person that I consciously met who listens to podcasts all the time, never owned an iPod, has no idea probably where, like may or maybe not even know why it's called a podcast. Oh, man. Oh, God. So things that make us feel old. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's just that's a term that we all just use now, even though the actual thing that created the name of it doesn't exist anymore. That's there, there weird. There is an iPod anymore. They don't really make those these days. So, no. Oh, God. I like, still have my – do you still have your iPods? I just never get rid of anything, so I still have them in my drawer collecting dust. I have one in a drawer somewhere Yeah. just because, you know, you're not supposed to put it in a landfill, but, like, what the fuck are you supposed to do with it? I have boxes and boxes of old electronics. I've still got my Zune. Like, like, I went with the Zune oh. instead of the iPod. Zune. Wait, Rick, what was the one that you bought that, that MP3 player? Uh, Creative Zen. So, so <gasps> Creative Zen Keelan Nomad I, Jukebox. Yeah. Yes. Dork. I uh, love that thing. Yeah, like Keenan and I had the same one for a while because we were like, I don't know, I was just being contrary, I guess. I guess it was, and plus the iPod was fucking expensive oh, when yeah. it came out. And I was just like, I'm not paying however many hundreds of dollars it was. Oh, yeah. Um. In fact, just moments ago, like my, uh, it was in my office, taking apart a MacBook from like, it's ancient. It's from more than 10 years ago. Oh, no. And I was like trying to repair the hard drive or whatever. And I was just, you know, and I was just thinking like, I should just throw this thing in the trash. Like there's just no, even if I get it working, like what the fuck is it going to do? 
you know, and it's like more powerful than every computer they used to send us to the moon. It's crazy. Right. So <laughs> that anyway, is... I'm sorry. I totally derailed things. No, but you're totally right. Like I have a stack of old uh, book. Like for some reason, I'm terrified someone can still get my, if I get rid of them, like they'll get my personal information. I don't know, like my pictures of my drunk 20s or something. But I, like, it's funny how gradually thinner they get. Like I have one from like 15 years ago that was like, you know, two inches thick. And then like my first MacBook that's like an inch and they just keep getting oh, yeah. thinner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they weighed a ton. Hey, oh, they were so heavy. So here's, so Greg, if you if you'd like a if you'd like a hot take <laughs> for your for uh, you know for your other do we do we say the name of your other job or do we just call it other job? No, that's oh, fine. Yeah. Digital trade. Right. No, I think Rick, it's, uh, he interviewed for a second. He Sorry. talked to Polly Shore today. Okay. Oh wait, I think we lost you. Are you there? Really? Yeah. Oh, I am here. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Let's I'm sorry. I think my. I think my VPN is routing me through like Reykjavik or something. So that might be part of it. I don't know why. Um, uh, no, here's here's like a hot take if you want it. Um, so I have this theory. I've had this theory for a while, actually. So Steve Jobs, you know, was many things. Among them, he was crazy. And he like he was it's well documented that he his whole life, basically, he had eating disorders um, and would starve himself and like would, would do like an all apple diet and all orange diet and all whatever diet. And he would just, you know, he was. And he was like a freak or whatever. So he had this obsession with being ultra thin. And so I've always wondered if that was reflected in the fact that the overriding design imperative for every Apple product is to be thinner and thinner and fucking thinner. Huh? Oh. I don't know. Like, cause there's, there's that's him. interesting using like the psychological effects of like, yeah, because his... that's always the first thing that they talked about at any Apple product thing. It's like, and it's so thin, you know, and it's like, that was with everything. Like if that came into the zeitgeist of like Apple, like somehow that was it. Cause Johnny Ive designed a lot of their stuff. He was like the designer for a bunch of those really like seminal Apple products for a long time, mm. but that's under Steve jobs. So yeah. yeah, I wonder if that was like what the guiding influence was. He doesn't like, want any fat machines. Thinner. Yeah, yeah, we don't need no fat iPods around here. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like so the new MacBook no longer like MacBooks now no longer have an off button. It's just like a touch. It's a touch bar that like the off button sort of vanishes. It's not really there. And it is well known that Steve Jobs hated off buttons because to him they represented like they were like symbolic of death somehow. And so it was not a surprise to me when they eventually got rid of those. Huh. So anyway. If you want to just, uh, you can totally pass it off as your own, your own insight. You don't even have to credit me for it. You That's have that. Bonkers. That is interesting. I yeah. hate it with technology. Can we just call this segment this? We're all fucking old. Like when they keep taking more and more things away from things. When I've just finally learned how to use them, like the off button, I would be sitting there for like two hours trying to figure out how the hell to turn off something. There's quite a bit that's going to be gone. Like one thing. Well, I was so sad when I got this one and they didn't have a DVD player anymore <laughs> or whatever yeah, it is. That's yeah. long gone. Um, yeah, headphone jacks are the next thing that are going away for everything. What? For phones, for, yeah, it's all going away. Did you know that, Rick? Yes, I'm sorry. I, well, first of all, yes, um, I'm totally distracted because my idiot dog over here to my to my left is trying to burrow a hole in the couch <laughs> yes, for a nap. Yes, he is. <laughs> oh He's been at it for like 30 seconds. He, he'll probably start again in a second. Wait. He's, now he's trying to see if he's fluffed it up sufficiently. <laughs> yeah, nope, nope. Got to do it some more, even though it's not changing because it's a sofa. So, I mean, so dogs are so smart and so dumb at the same time. It's yeah. like, what is, like, when does he decide that it's enough, even though it's exactly the same as it was when he started? Like, when, like, it enough, you know, that he's yeah. like, I don't need to fluff it anymore. It's finished. It's like, it's not changing at all, idiot. You're Got doing that nothing. <laughs> there's a beautiful idiot i I, just if i can just i have this written down anyway so i might as well just ask you this now because you you greg you you have a dog right and it's um and sarah have you had dogs sarah oh yeah yeah i had had muppet yeah but i haven't had one since then but hopefully i will again someday but not right now and this Um, one's my roommate's dog but it's you know i live with the dog so it's it's a house dog it's a house dog um so i wrote this down earlier today i was like there's stuff that like we just sort of accept conventional explanations for, but then if you think about it, it just falls apart. And so I wrote down dogs marking their territory. So you take a dog out for a walk and they've got to like piss on everything and whatever. And you're like, well, what are they doing that for? Well, he's marking his territory. And we all just repeat that. Like it makes sense, but it doesn't make any sense at all because like, like what is the marking his territory for what possible purpose? If it's to keep other dogs away, guess what? It doesn't work. Which you think they would notice by now. Yeah. If it's, I mean, like it's like what marking their territory why exactly like what 
I don't think that's true. I think that's just shit that people say and we, we act like it makes sense. Like why, yeah. what purpose would there be? Uh, maybe it's like a, like it's a, like a community, communication tool? Or? Well, a community like chalkboard or something where it's like, hey. I was here. I'm here. Now I'm here. You know, then oh, you like check out who's like here. carving into like picnic tables or yeah, something? Whoever's, yeah, whoever's stopped by. Like, you know, hey, Ollie stopped by here. Now everybody knows because I peed on this. I don't, I don't know. That is weird. See, so my theory is that it's like a dog's own sort of geofencing, that it's so that they can find their way home or know when they are getting back to their, you know, back to like their neighborhood. Ah. I like that. I mean, I know for like wild animals, they mark their territory, but for a dog, yeah, I don't know what they would do. I, that like, is true. Like cougars and lions and like wild cats, they, they'll mark out their territory. So if somebody, somebody else comes into their territory, they know to like not, not be in there. Huh. But that's wildcats. Uh, but I don't know I don't that think... that works, right? Like, I mean, does it keep other animals away? I think it, I feel like it does, but that's me. Just all this is based on me watching <laughs> Netflix, like <laughs> speculating like about Earth wildlife or shows. whatever. Yeah. So that's where all of my knowledge comes from. So I have no idea if that's, if I remember so it need, accurately or not. We need David Attenborough here. Yeah. We need like a you know, British guy. If it's not and his so voice, I don't, the miraculous I don't know <laughs> through their olfactory senses does a miraculous interplay occur. All right. Oh, all right, <laughs> so Rick, this is we were talking about this right before we brought you on, and then but like we had brought it up, and then I'm like, wait, we have to bring you on to see if this is something that you've ever done or yes. would ever do. So I went and did something yesterday, Rick. The people want to know Have you ever been floating on the river? Have you ever gotten into an inner tube and floated down like the Sandy or the Clackamas River? Like a river ever or a river here? Oh, like a river, I guess any river in your adult life, like as a recreational thing to do from like, a, no, from one no, point not to really. another. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm not, I'm not crazy about the water even now. Um, uh, I'm not really wild about, about water in which I could drown. And, and, and when I was a kid, especially, I was, I was terrified of deep water when I was growing up. I was, um, for, for most of my childhood, um, I, I did not like going in the water and, uh, and occasionally I would, uh, but then it's like, every time I went in, something would happen to like underline my fear of like, you know, this is why you shouldn't do this. Like, I remember once, like, my friend Brian and I were like uh, some some park somewhere in Kennewick, and we were like, I don't know, we were like like we had inner tubes or or you know life life preservers or whatever, and we were just like floating along. And then then there was it wasn't like a riptide, but it was like a, like a strong current. And suddenly in my head, I was like, wait a minute, like there's nothing stopping me from just getting pulled out into a shipping lane or into the ocean or wherever the fuck it connected to. And I was, <laughs> and I was just like, the ocean is strong. Like if it decides to pull me out there, like I'm not paddling my way back to shore. So every time I've done that, it's like, I've ended up just going like, why the fuck am I doing this? And I just started like freaking out about all the ways I could die. So no is the answer. So no is the, <laughs> is the answer to that. Yeah. Cause I went yesterday and I was, um, I was talking about it because I, I always, in theory, enjoy it because I think about it and I'm just like, oh, I haven't gone floating at all this summer. And then when I go, I always forget like how hard it is and how kind of terrifying it is. Like, you know, floating for long distances on a toy, basically, yeah. like through sharp rocks and around, you know, like broken down trees and over, you know, like different kinds of terrain, praying that it's not going to pop and that you don't lose all of your stuff. But you do get some like pretty views out of it a little bit. But I would say, yeah, it was a lot. It's just like a, like on an inner tube or like on a like a like a toy from the store. Uh, like an inner tube, like a floating tube, like one you would get at like Big Five or something. It's like a thirty dollar like tube, and so, so it's still not very like thick, but it's more durable than like a. Well, here's floating. here's something I never really thought about before because those are like theoretically those are tire inner tubes. Where are those from? Are those from like tire companies? Are they like are they like reconditioned? like blowout tires or some shit or are they like you know the ones that didn't like meet the standard for being put in a car the original ones because like the ones i had when i was a kid like the, were, like, the actual ones? inner tube yeah, yeah where it was like truck tires like yeah. they're from truck tires um i don't know where my parents that ever went got inside them. of them right yeah yeah mm -hmm. yep and they'd have a really big long stem that you would cut yourself up on and they were really uncomfortable and they're yeah they they pretty much sucked but that's what what everybody had I don't, I, I, I've never really thought about that though. Like where, where did my parents go and get those? Yeah. Like, where's like, the inner tube spot? <laughs> where did you get I mean, that's we especially when we were, I don't know. When we were kids. Yeah. They were just around. Like it was yeah. just, oh no, I got two in the garage. And it's like, oh. I mean, now you could just order them, but it's like when, when I was growing up, like where the fuck are you getting 
I wouldn't know where to get a t like a tube for a, for a car tire now. Like I would have no idea. That and yet so, as yeah. a, everybody just had them growing up and it was like, well, yeah. where, that's a good question. Where the fuck did those things come from? Ooh. And plus it's especially weird when you consider the fact that, I mean, by definition, you know, everybody knows that when you're driving a car, eventually that thing's going to blow up and mm -hmm. it's like, you know, and it'll be an inconvenience probably at most. And yet we're all like, let's, let's, you know, get on top of this and just ride out under the river. You know, it's, it's just yeah. you know, probably drunk. It's just like, we, it just seemed like a great idea. That's a weird thing now that I think about it. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, these ones, like what you have, that's the one like you buy at the store now yeah yeah so it's you buy these ones for this but, but i remember the original ones yeah when they did they have like the gold thing sticking out that you'd always scrape your leg on yeah yep i totally no, the, yep, we have I, I don't know yep. how many cuts i got as a kid on those things yeah um it's, especially because when i was growing up at least the again my friend brian who was there for most of my the foolish things i did growing up like it was the, the inner tube that we would use during the summer on the river those are the same inner tubes that we would use during the winter to sled on and so they yes. were just yeah. So like it's a miracle actually that they didn't explode and kill us one way or the other because it was like extreme cold and then like water and then sun and bald, you know unshielded and then by the way you know there's just like a bunch of kids jumping up and down on them and taking them down hills and it's like why did we think that why did our parents let us do that? Oh, I think it's it's back to that <laughs> so time we were unbreakable. That yeah, point, yeah. Where well, and plus people just didn't. I think. I don't know whether it's just lack of awareness or I feel like kids were allowed to do a lot more dangerous, stupid stuff. Oh, yeah, as long as we were home for dinner. Like, we were allowed to pretty much run the neighborhood. Yeah, I was just talking to one of my coworkers about this yesterday because he's got a daughter and he's like, he was like, when I was a kid, I would go out and ride my bike everywhere. You know, he was seven years old and he's like, my parents would let me do whatever the hell I wanted, basically. And he's like, the thought of letting my daughter go do that, go anywhere, even go to the end of the block by herself, I'm like, fuck no. Like, she's not, she's not doing that. And he's like, I don't know when that, and that's what we were talking about. I was like, when did that switch? When did that idea change? Because when I was a kid, like, I lived out in the country. There was, I could, virtually anything could impale me or scrape me or I could fall off a cliff. I mean, it was just all there. Yeah. And But it was my parents, as soon as, you know, it was daylight out, it's like, get out, go. You and go, your brother, get out of go. The house. Yep. I'll see you at lunch. I'll oh, see yeah, you at Oh, yeah, my dinner. parents would, like, throw us out of the house. Like, yeah. don't be in the house. Go out. Go play outside. Yep. Take your bike and go ride down by railroad <laughs> tracks. Literally, that's yeah, what we do. It's like, as long as you're back by dinner, which is in seven hours, yeah. you know, and it's just, I mean, and if my mom needed to find me, like, there was really no way she was going to be able to locate me. I mean, she could start calling my friend's parents and be like, hey, have you seen him? And she'd be like, no, I thought he was at your place. <laughs> well, he'll turn up. I mean, it's just... Like, I, I was actually thinking about this the other day. You know, my brother and I, my younger brother and I used to do for fun sometimes when I was growing up. And this makes me sound like way more of a daredevil than I than I was because, like, I was just a nerd. I just sat inside and read most of the time. But occasionally my mom would, like, force me to go outside and get some fresh air. And so we would just literally jump off the roof of the house onto the lawn. <laughs> like, I don't know how I didn't break my ankles. Like, it's just, and it wasn't like there was no purpose to it. It was like climb up yeah. to the top of the roof, jump off onto the hard lawn and then do it again over and over and over again until dinner. Why? <laughs> wow. And were the neighbors looking out just like thinking were it was concerned? weird or were they just like, well, you know, Hey, Hey chip, there's a new exciting activity you should go outside and do. It's jumping off the roof. Go do it. The neighbor kids are doing it. You know, it's like, it's just, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it was probably a, the rise of, of cellular phones coupled with, cause this happened around the same time. It was in the 90s where, um, uh, I think it was Samsung, where chips got small enough that cell phones could be inexpensive. And also, so you could have this electronic leash on your kid. And also, I think it's because in the 90s, that is when the national crime rate started to drop really severely and it's never come back. So the, the crime rate had been escalating and escalating until I think 1991. And then the crime rate started falling every single year. And so I think then it was well, I've got to do something with all this anxiety that I've been putting on, you know, purse snatchers and hooligans out in the city. I will transfer it to my own neighborhood. That's where I will put all my, you know, fear that is now useless. Like, it's like the fear had to go somewhere. And so it was just now it was going to be like, you know, my own community or whatever. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird switch, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that we got to grow up like when we like when we did. But for you, this trip yesterday, because yeah. you were saying that you forget about all the stuff yeah, that so goes like, on with it. Yeah, because, you know, you do like being, you know, it's still fun to like be going out and adventuring. And I went, so I did this one uh, float. So, you know, the Sandy River, of course, like it's right yeah. near, yeah, right through Trapdale. So we did this one called Dabney to Oxbow. 
Mm-hmm. Oxbow Park. Oxbow Park, which um, I was told was a reasonable length and not difficult. So uh, <laughs> you were with Bozik, right? I was with, Bo- yeah, you know, yeah, you know how trustworthy Bozik is, Rick. Bozik, I've, yeah. I've gone down the water with <laughs> him before, a shit apple. and it is, uh, it does always tend to be a lot longer than you think. Yeah, Bozik is. Um, He's very creative in his explanations of things. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, look at that guy. He's basically a Visigoth. I mean, he's just like a Viking warrior. So, I mean, you know. He totally yeah. is. He's like big and he's like all huge and tan. And he had like like the rinky because like somebody had forgotten to float. So he let somebody else use his. And he's on this like rinky dink actual like just blow up like tire toy thing. And he's just on there like all tan, just like follow me. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> so we get on. Uh, so we get on the river at about noon And I remember seeing at the park, because you basically have to drop, uh, you know, like everyone meets at the bottom of the river and then a couple people leave their cars down there. And then you all pile into another couple cars and drive to the top where you start so that way you float down and get back to those cars and the people drive the drivers back up. So that way, you know, you don't have to do the back and forth or hitchhike or anything. So this was supposed to be, my understanding was about, it was supposed to be like three or four hours at about five o'clock after we've, so this is like 5 p.m., after we've been floating, did you start? we started at noon. Oh, so five hours in. Yeah, so five hours in. I mean, it's I mean, it's beautiful. I was I was saying, Rick, that there was like a, a literally like a bald eagle that flew overhead, and it's like you know surrounded by canyons and trees, and it was really pretty. But by about five p.m., I realized that we were nowhere near the end of this fucking float, <laughs> and every because we knew that you were supposed to be looking for a bridge. So around every fucking bridge, we would all be like paddling our asses off. I have scrapes on my arms from. From rubbing against like backward paddle. Oh, I can't even do that today. Fuck, that hurts. Um, from backward <laughs> paddling um, and scraping um, my arms on the ropes. So thinking this is done. We didn't get out of the water until 730. I was stuck wow. on the fucking river for seven and a half hours. And we didn't dilly dally. I was like paddling the entire time. Damn. I mean, it was, and that's just like nature is, you know, at that point, just sharpening so many knives with which to kill you. I mean, there's sunstroke, there's drowning, there's yep. being bitten by whatever. There's, I mean, you know, there's just fatigue. That's, you know, because being in the oh, water, God. especially if you're swimming or paddling, that's one of those things where you don't realize how tired you are until like it, it's one of those things where you don't realize it, you don't realize it, and suddenly it's like, holy fuck, I'm more tired than I've ever, I can't lift my arms, you know? And it's just like, that's how people just get killed in nature. Oh. Yeah. And that was how I felt too, because my arms just felt so dead by the time I got up, but then you still have to, you know, unpack it. And I don't want to complain. It was like, I was with some amazing people and I did have some great times, but those start to become a little fuzzier when, you know, it's three and a half hours later. Everyone's, you know, run out of like water and beer and food. And we're like, okay, so I thought that we'd be done by now. <laughs> and you're just still stuck out there. So yeah, hauling in your raft when it's like starting to get dark outside. Yeah, that's, I just, I mean, I, it's one of those things where like when I read, you know, which I don't do like, like I, I'm not, I don't read like a lot of, you know, like, uh, like I don't read like a lot of, you know, uh, like, you know, exploratory history or military history or whatever. But if you read about like Lewis and Clark, you just like two things. You're just like, those guys are awesome. Good for them. And also like, I would totally be the first to die. Like there's just no <laughs> yeah. fucking way. And plus it's like, and I think that every, you know, this is not like limited to Lewis and Clark. Obviously there's some section, some percentage of humans who just don't have a fear gene or they have some inverse fear gene where it's like the more dangerous it is, the more they're like, fuck yeah, sign me up. You know? Cause it's like, <laughs> it's like, well, here's this, you know, Obviously, there were already lots of people living here, but they didn't, you know, but they had no notion of where they were going or what they were, you know, going to be facing. And it's like, could be full of fucking dragons for all they know. And they're just like, doesn't matter. Let's get a boat and some jerky and we'll we'll head out, you know? And it's <laughs> it's like the guys who, it's like if you if you read the right stuff, you know, or whatever, or, you know, or just these guys who were like riding in the first rocket ships where it's like the odds were like one in one that it was going to blow up. And they're like, doesn't matter. I'm, I'm there, you know? And it's, <laughs> I, I'm glad guys like that exist, but I'm I'm not one of them. No, no, <laughs> yeah. and neither am I. No, and it didn't help. So when we started, so you get to see a bunch of like, um, there are a bunch of like river folk, you know, who like go down to the river and like spend some time there and they don't river really like. folk. There are, and they don't like the city kids coming in and, you know, because there are a lot of shitheads on like, you know, like oh, yeah. douchebags who like bring their trash. Like we end up usually most of the time we'll bring in a garbage bag with us and we'll pick up other people's shit that they've just left. That Cause they'll, makes me mad. Yeah, it makes, it does, but I'm just like, I try not to Oof. get too mad about it, but we'll pick it up, pick up other people's garbage and just bring it with us and get rid of it when, you know, when it's all done. 
But when we were um, leaving, there was this guy and he had like four teeth and he was sitting in there and, you know, and I'm, I was a little nervous because as soon as I get there, like I realize, you know, I'm, I've floated probably about 10 I like how times. this is like, it's really only like 20 minutes outside of the city, if that. Technically, you might even be in city limits. It wasn't that far. But yeah. it felt super but It's like it's instantly, there. it's deliverance. But so <laughs> this guy, he's sitting there, and as we're getting all our floats, and it's like a bunch of people, like it's all of Bozik's like Steelers friends. So like everyone has you know, all their oh, Steelers yeah. shit, so it's all like football people. And they're talking about, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but it's cool. <laughs> and so we're all getting there, and this guy with the four teeth, he was just like, hey, you guys better be careful out there. And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, well, you know, a couple days ago, some guy was floating and he got himself impaled on a tree down there about a half mile down on the left. So you might want to be sure to go right. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Okay. By the way, this isn't true. I immediately like looked it up on my phone. It's like, no, no dude was impaled on any, like, I think he was just trying to mess with us. So me and a couple of the other people, like a couple of girls I was with were so freaked out about this murder log. Like, we just kept looking for it the entire time. <laughs> murder log. We, we kept calling it the murder log, and we're like, fuck, is this going to be the murder log? So while we're sitting there waiting for this murder log that never came, was then it, looking for the for the bridge that never showed up, we're like, this well, is never going to Was happen. it the tree that impaled something, or did he impale somebody? No, it said, they said he was impaling trees. Like, oh, be okay. careful, because the tide pulls you that way. So he's scaring it. So this was even before we had left. It's like, God damn it. I like the idea, though, that, too, that, like, maybe afterward he, like, takes out his, his like, fake bad country teeth. And he's just like, <laughs> you should have seen me winding up these folks from the city just now. They totally bought my ruse about the murder log. What's a little martini? That's actually kind of fun. So I was trying to gauge, I... like, how far half a mile was. And when you're going, you know, like, I don't know, like, well, five you miles an hour. To, <laughs> you don't have to get too far out. The thing is, like. Here, I, I, I'm the first to admit this. Like, I am soft. Like, I am a soft, weak person who cannot, like, I am dependent upon modern life to keep me alive. It's the, there's, you know, people always, talk, you know, kids today are getting soft. And it's like, that's totally true. But there's like, no, but it's true of me too. Like, I mean, I look at like my mom and like her, you know, my mom tells this story. My mom has all these great injury stories when she was a kid about like, it was basically like, hey, there's no hospital for a hundred miles. So just deal with it. So she tells this story about like, cutting her foot open at one point like somehow on some accident and her mom literally like like wrapped her foot in scotch tape and like sent her to school um <laughs> but but it's like you know but with i i, I can't take credit for this because i'm sure a lot of people have said this but it's like with every you know as technology advances like it can't help but make us softer because like i don't have to i don't have to sleep outside and fucking scavenge for food and i don't have to mm. fight bears every morning for breakfast right. like i just i wake up and i go to the refrigerator and if it's hot today i turn on the air conditioner of course i'm soft um the but when i was a kid so i used to read reader's digest magazine a lot when i was a kid because i was 80 years old at birth <laughs> i i did the same so thing by the way reader's digest awesome yep Humor and so uniform. i <laughs> uh, we had these like Reader's Digest collections too, where it was like the it was like every ten years they put out like a 40th anniversary, like the best stories from our first 40 years or whatever. So it was like these, it was like this anthology of Reader's Digest stories. And when I was about 10, I read the most terrifying story in Reader's Digest, and it was like already from you know 20 years earlier, and it was called The Ordeal in the Desert. And it's and it was one of those stories that freaked me out, but I read it like every week for months. And it was about this family in Utah that was driving through Moab and their car just like they hit a rock and like it drained a radiator fluid and they broke down. And they were like stuck in Moab in the, in the summer for like four days, ended up like having to drink their piss and just all kinds of stuff. And it's like, and that story just scarred the hell out of me when I was a kid. And I, so I think that it had a deep, deep impact on me because it was like, they survived. Like at the end, they were discovered like at the last possible moment. But I remember reading that as a kid and it just put this deep fear into me of like how nature could just like, I'm only here because nature has not decided to kill me today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That would totally scar me when I was like, when I was a kid, it wasn't so much like nature didn't scare me too much because I was out in it all the time, but people did. Like other other people is what still. Oh, see, nature makes still me freaks me out. Like I wasn't scared about the people yesterday. I was scared about like the murder logs and, and the spiky rocks and the popping floats and the. Yeah, well, I mean that's that. And the I can rapid, see that. you know, and the tide, you know, pulling you on. Oh, yeah. Right. It was not relaxed. So just remind me next time when I want to go floating that I think it's going to be a nice relaxing day. Oh, I think I tell you that every year when you yeah, say I'm it. When like, you, no, it's fine. I'm like, yeah, it's fun, but mm, well, it's I remember like, how many hours. 
and every year, you know, and it, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not funny, haha, except it's only funny if you like zoom out and look at Earth from like a, you know, you know, from a cosmic galactic perspective, and then it sort of becomes grimly amusing how random life is. Because, you know, at the, at the, if you go to the coast in Oregon, there's just all of these sort of weirdly comical signs, like showing tiny stick figures running from tsunamis and like how to get away or whatever. And, and also, but then there's like one where it's like, it illustrates like the ocean just throwing logs up on the shore occasionally <laughs> and just flattening people like they're fucking cookie dough. And I mean, it, I mean, that just tells you all you need to know that you can just be walking along you know, just went to the doctor. I'm in tip-top health. I'll live forever. And then suddenly, a fucking tree just comes out of the out of the ocean. A tree comes out of the ocean, and it's like you're dead because God just hit the smite button. Like it's just it's it's a weird. Can I tell you really the other thing that really cemented this for me? And it's strange because I don't know if I'm the only one, but it was when the reboot of Battlestar Galactica was on like ten years ago or fifteen years ago, whenever that mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. And there was this episode of Battlestar Galactica where it came out that like, because they kept killing the Cylons, but the Cylons kept coming back with the same memory. They're like, what the fuck is that? And it turned out that there was like this thing called a resurrection ship. And it was basically like cloud storage where like all the Cylons, all their memories and everything. Like if you talk to a Cylon, all of his memories, it was all going up to this ship that was like a big cloud server. And so if you killed him, they would create another Cylon that looked the same and they would download all the, and it was like he had all exactly the same memories and whatever, because it's all of his memory was constantly being stored. And so they never died. And that in a weird way stuck with me and has still stuck with me. That made me feel in a way that like no medical textbook ever has made me feel like the, I get one life in this, in this existence. Like there's no, I, there's no, this isn't Mario where I get like a second or third chance. It's like, you know, if I get killed once, like that's it. And everything in my head goes with me. I just blink out. And it's that episode actually really, in a strange way, it actually was the, the it put into perspective the idea that like, if I just like fuck up and step outside at the wrong moment or just like eat the wrong tin of baked beans, you know, it's like, I'll just be dead. And Jesus, Rick, that's like, terrifying. <laughs> You're freaking well, me out. Way, what like a scary way to look at things. <laughs> but in a way, I actually, it made me feel less freaked out about it because I sort of realized that there's kind of nothing I can do. Like I can, I can go to the doctor every so often. I can not, I can not drink or smoke. I can look both ways before I cross the street. But the rest of it is like out of my control. Like I just have zero, there's hmm. nothing I can do about it. Like, if you know, if some random thing is going to kill me, by definition, I'm not going to be able to stop it. So I kind of don't worry about that stuff anymore. Unless Have we you... don't know that we're Cylons and our, you know, in our brains and all of our information is in some resurrection cloud somewhere. Well, that's possible, uh, or yeah. we're a simulation. But have you followed along with what Elon Musk uh, is talking about with Neuralink? Would you know? No. What that is? Okay, so Neuralink. Oh, God. Well, it's this company. I mean, this this is an actual company that he's. He's founded, and you know, and he makes a lot of promises about things. So who knows what's actually going to happen? But uh, they've already done it with pigs, where, and that's what they they did a demo of it last week. It's a chip that's about the size of a nickel, and it's kind of flat. And the idea is, you you drill out a little section of your skull, gross, implant this in there, <laughs> and it's got electrodes that go down into your brain. And then that can communicate with um, that almost makes me like gag with computers. Greg described this to me the other yeah. day, and it's like, so you kept saying it was like flush with your skull. It's flush with the skull. What does so that, that way you mean? Like you just... mean it's like flush, so you wouldn't see a bump because they're taking out a little. So they cut of out a piece of your skull and put this in in its place, so it's flush, so you wouldn't know it's there if you just ran your finger over it. Really, so it's like a battery hatch on a on a on a you know on a computer or whatever. Yes, basically, yeah. yep. Oh. And <laughs> Ew, I don't like that noise. Yeah. <laughs> And the the goal is because he wants to create a human um, machine interface, and this would be the human machine interface to where you can manipulate the brain. You could do things, you know. In theory, you could maybe cure someone's yeah. paralysis or all yeah. that. But because of the fact that he believes that eventually AI is going to overtake humans, and the theory is that this is the only way we can keep up with it is by becoming part of it, and that we have to join with the AI, otherwise humanity is done, and you know, Skynet takes over that's a weird that's a that's a creepy way to i mean that's a strange way to look at it the idea is like the only way we can you know that we can they survive is to lose our humanity yeah it's it's a we have to marry ourselves with the machines like and it's like well as soon as you said they started with pigs i'm sure that sarah and i both had the same thought which is like oryx and craig (laughs) you know it's just like i don't i mean 
And it's a, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, that speaking of Steve Jobs, you know, he, he, you know, he went back and forth about whether he believed in an afterlife. And he said, sort of like the Cylon thing, he said, you know, it'd be, he said it would, in a weird way, it would be a shame to think that you spend your whole life gaining wisdom and knowledge and perspective. And when you die, it just kind of goes with you. He's like, that would be a real shame. He's like, that it doesn't, you know, he's like, I'd like to think that maybe there's something greater and afterward, because otherwise I've accrued all this knowledge and all this, like, you know, all these thoughts about how to live a better life and it's just going to be gone. I was thinking about this, like, over the last several weeks, actually, because I've been reading, I'm going through and reading all the books by Rick Perlstein, who wrote Nixon Land and Reagan Land is his new one. And it's all about upheaval, political upheaval and elections and whatever. And I was thinking that the last six months, especially, or the last couple of years, I think are kind of proof, at least to me, that there is no such thing as reincarnation because <laughs> clearly we don't learn lessons. Clearly we're great at never learning from the past and just doing the same fucking stupid things over and over and fucking over. So I feel like, you know, not that I really believed in it, but I feel like they're, you know, I, I don't know. That's the only argument for maybe something like that is that at least then, because I was thinking about that 18 year old guy I was talking to the other day again, who didn't remember like all the shit that I grew up with. And it's, it's sort of like life is like this weird party. It's like, you go to a party and somebody's like, Hey, so do you remember when that guy did that huge thing with the the pyramid in the kitchen? It was, and you're like, and you're like, no. And he's like, Oh, you, you weren't here. Oh, it happened earlier before you got here, but it was awesome. (laughs) And it's like, that's what life is. Life is like this party where there's new people constantly arriving and they didn't see the thing that happened earlier. So they're just going to use the, they're going to use the same clogged toilet that you know you used earlier because they weren't here earlier when the toilet overflowed so they don't know not to do that to jiggle the handle and it's just going to flood again and like that's what humanity is humanity is just this party where people keep flooding the toilet over and over again this has been your daily affirmation with honestly that's that's pretty fucking solid (laughs) well like there's there's this guy that i think sarah especially would like a lot this artist this this singer named frank turner who's british who sings like this really great He's hit or miss. I, I will say he's hit or miss. Some of his stuff is not very good, but when he's good, he's amazing. When he's good, he's really good. But he has this song called 1933, which is, he wrote in 2016 and uh, Brexit and Trump and whatever. And it's, you know, and he's talking about all this sort of like, anyway, he has this line where he says, um, he says um, uh, uh, something about, he has this line about, you know, um, about grandparents shouting at their grandkids, hey, we already did this. You know, and it's, you know, that's, I mean, I think it's a real thing that it's like we, Mick Jagger said, like, there is no present, there's just recycled past. And I mean, it would be nice to think that if we had that technology, at least we'd have some recognition of like, oh, hey, let's not do this because we've seen how it ends before and it just ends in, in genocide and bombing. Let's maybe not. Well, I think that's the but, idea behind AI passing us up because it's not going to do that. If it does, you know, we're worthless. singularities when AI reaches the same intelligence as humans and then starts passing us. Creepy. And which is a thing. I mean, that's going to happen. Like if we continue on the path, it, it definitely will happen at some point. But I think that, that's the idea is like, you know, granted, this is all sci-fi, worst case stuff. But I don't know. I mean, I could see AI if it gets that much more intelligent than humans being like, well, this is stupid. Have you, <laughs> like, have you seen the movie? Uh, have you seen the movie Ex Machina? Yes. That. I mean, when I saw Ex Machina, I was just like, at the end, which I won't spoil, because it is it is really something you should not know a lot about. But I remember at the end, I was just like, you know, when it doesn't have a really happy ending. And I was like, well, this is depressing and frightening, but probably is true. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. that's ex- there's, you know, yep. isn't it like the Matrix where Agent Smith is like, you know, humans are a virus or whatever. It's like, can you really look a little, I mean... Granted, you know, we have, uh, you know, pay-per-view wrestling and air conditioners, but I mean, it's sometimes, I, want, I don't want to get all heavy about this, but I was, I was just talking to somebody a while back about, you know, the state of the world and whatever. And I just said, you know, I was talking just about, about America. I said, you know, I said, I, I said, you know, suffice it to say that I love America, but sometimes it is hard not to feel like we blew our chance. And, and really, sometimes it is hard to look around the planet and not just feel like, well, we've managed to fumble our entire chance at making this work. So next, you know, and it's just, you know, be squids or AI or whatever. Oh yeah. I mean, maybe the robots should take over. It might be, we might all be better might off. might just be time. Or, or either that or the aliens need to show up, something like that. Yeah. I, that is one benefit of not having kids, I think, is that it's like the same reason 
I know this is, you're not supposed to say this sort of thing, but it's like the same reason I don't care about global warming. Don't, it's probably, you sure? I, do I believe it's real? Yes. Do I care? No. Why? No kids. Gonna be dead. I mean, I care about the polar bears and I care about, you know, whatever, but guess what? The sooner we're all gone, because when people say the earth is gonna die, the earth is not gonna die. We, we will be leaving. The earth will be staying. And as soon as we're gone, Soon as soon as the bipedal destruction is gone, guess what? Polar bears are going to be a lot better off without us. So whatever, I don't care. I don't have kids, so it doesn't matter. It's like that's the only blessing. That's one of the only blessings I think really that you can like def- definitively point to when you're when you don't have kids is you're just like, I you know I don't have to sort of you know freak out about that kind of stuff because <laughs> by the time that's all you know by the hell by the time the hellfire is coming down, I will have shuffled off my mortal coil. And, you know, and the banana slugs will be, you know, they'll be better off for it. There's a comment in our live chat from Rick Rutherford that just says, it seems more often than not when you have Rick on, it sounds like you guys got super high before the show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, can I just tell, well, speaking of, this is again why I don't get high, because imagine what my fucking brain would be like then. Oh, God. I mean, (laughs) I wrote this down before the show today. I was like, Casper the Friendly Ghost. Wait a minute. Isn't he just a dead child? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird that they had us like reading the, the zany adventures of a dead child. Yeah. Like what the what the Being what is up with that? Chased around by these monstrous men who were trying to like torture him. Yeah. Who were also dead. I mean, right? Because he had the three ghosts that chased him I around. I can't remember. Yeah. And 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 like, <laughs> what was Casper before he died? Like, was he was he like, did he die of cholera in Britain in 1750? Like, what was Casper? That's a weird thing when you think about it. It's like, well, what was Casper before he was a ghost? Yeah. That's so true. Look at this whimsical dead child. Let him become friends right. with your living mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, it's another one of those people, like all, like a lot of children's entertainment, speaking of things that you don't really think about until you're an adult, a lot of kids' entertainment is like way, way darker, obviously, than than we remember it being. Um, and yeah. so, I, but I just literally, I thought about that, like right before it came on the air, I was like, Casper equals dead child. Weird, I underlined three times. <laughs> I'm looking at this mm-hmm. right now, uh, in case you want to know, Casper the Friendly Ghost, uh, in a newspaper scene during a scene in the attic on the show, it says that he died from pneumonia. <laughs> so, well, the f- wow. What the, what fuck? the fuck? Yeah. It says, now there's, uh, he's in the care of his three dead wicked uncles, Stretch, yeah. Stinky, and Fatso. Wow. So he's got these three uncles that are who know like terrible, terrible people, obviously in real life. Now they're still torturing a child in the afterlife. Oh my god, there are so many websites uh dedicated to this, Rick. Okay, like, so I'm not alone at least. No, you're not. How did Casper the Friendly Ghost die? Yeah, the true backstory of Casper the Friendly Ghost is super dark. I tried a to figure out how Casper the of... horrid backstory. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's I, that's one of those things that like but I, it, it took me 47 years, you know, including many when I was in the Casper prime demographic to be, you know, just to not notice it at all. And so I do sound high, don't I? Yeah, I think we, I think yeah. we all do. <laughs> oh, geez. There's some apparent movie that came out in like 1997 that gives more of the origin story of Casper where he didn't realize he was dead for a while. Oh, geez. It has, <laughs> what's her name? It, it Christina has, Ricci, uh, is that the one? Christina Ricci. Yeah. Oh, weird. Okay, because I remember that movie being made and seeing commercials oh. for it, but I never saw it. You know who else was in it? Polly Shore. Oh, Rick, did you hear me say earlier that Greg interviewed Polly Shore today? Yes. Did you? Um, <laughs> I mean, well, I have to ask first of all what he was like. What was his excuse? What was he pitching? So it hasn't aired yet. So it's going to be next week. So spoiler for everybody, okay. I'll, I'll tell you. All right. That digital, yeah, that's fine. Um, but I mean, he was promoting, promoting future content. So yeah, yeah. It's, he's promoting a movie that he's that he's in with. Um, it's him and like Bobby Lee and Steve-O and it's called Guest House where he played. Anyway, that was, that's what he was promoting. But uh, I did the interview and it's him from his house and he is, he was very nice, but God, he's, he's a weird dude. He is still like, that is not an act. He's just a strange guy. I was going to ask if that's like Bob, because you know, Bobcat Goldthwait, like that right. sort of a character. Oh, yeah. And he's not like that when he's just Bob Goldthwait. But is Pauly Shore just like that all the time? I think he's just like that. He's just, he's just a different kind of guy. He's that's just a, asked, a different kind of life. Because I was so curious when I got here today to do our show. I was like, I was like, oh my God, because of course that's the first question you ask. I'm like, how the fuck was Polly Shore? Yeah. And he like hesitated for a second. And I was like, oh. Yeah, no. Like, no, I could tell it. Super nice. No, like, and I could tell it was nice, but you know, guy. but sometimes yeah. I could tell it's just like, you know, sometimes it's an interesting interview. Yeah. And it just is not like, oh, you like when you find out it's not an act and somebody is actually that particular way. Yeah. Well, it's like you sometimes <laughs> like talking to him, like I would ask a question and it would just be like, no. 
I'm like, oh, okay, we're not going to answer that. Okay, oh, we'll go like, a, like a Margaret Cho kind of? Yeah, but no, yeah. Not, not like in a not like in a bad way. Like he yeah. just didn't have anything else to say about it. So I'm like, well, okay, let's go on to the next question. Prepared and then he would talk for like five minutes. You know, um, it's like Polly Shore is one of those people, though, that I try to keep in mind. As I've gotten older, one of the things I do try to, and I, I've probably said this before, but one of the things I, as I'm getting older, I try really hard not to like candy coat or to like look at my own past with rose colored glasses and be like, when I was a kid, music and entertainment, you know, we had real, you know, our music was awesome and our entertainment had was had was deep. It wasn't like you kids today with your PewDiePie and your <laughs> Billie Eilish or whatever the other oh fucking God. reference I should be. You just and you so, just referenced that last week saying that's what old people reference them and they don't know what it's to meta, reference. <laughs> yes. I'm doing here. Uh, it's uh, with your weakened, uh, but uh, the you know because like you know it's like every generation has like ten percent of their entertainment is quality and the rest is sort of just filler and crap. You know we had Polly Shore, which but the thing about Polly Shore is like he would say shit that was funny even though it didn't make any sense. Like remember during the OJ trial, like he was. He had this whole thing of like, don't wheeze the juice. Yeah. Oh yeah, wheezing the juice. Like, what does that even mean? Um, I mean, it means that wheezing the juice. Oh, oh yeah. stop! I know that was from, yeah, that Whoa. was from Encino, man. That was fucked up. What yeah. you just did. I know that yeah. was so gross. I watched. I brought that up to him. I was obsessed I watched, with that movie. I I told him I was like, it's because of your character of Encino, man. That's why we named our cat Buddy when I was a kid. Because that's what he does and throughout that movie. He's like, buddy. Oh, God. So we named our cat Buddy, me and my brother, because <laughs> we were obsessed with it. He, I threw that out there. He did not care to talk about that one. So I was like, oh, all right. Well, okay. Never mind. We'll go on to something else. Yeah. Like, I, embarrassing. Uh, but <laughs> Oh, that's embarrassing. You're trying to do a, a personal anecdote that yeah, just doesn't stick. Like, <laughs> he oh, he just brushed right over it. Um, I mean, it's got to be weird to be a guy like Polly Shore now when – you know, it's not just that he was famous at a particular time and is, you know, less so now, but it's that he was famous at a particular time that is that I don't want to say it ages badly, but I'm just saying it's like people remember him being not just younger, but being having this persona that I think is particularly difficult to carry into like middle age and beyond like this weird stoned out Spicoli thing. Like, it's just hard to do that. It's like, you know, it's just it's like being a rock star whose whole thing is that you're you're rail thin and have long blonde hair and whatever. And it's like that's just difficult to do if you the smart rock stars are like just don't try to hide the fact that they're getting older. It's the ones who like are try to keep looking with your 25 where it's like weird. And that's the Polly Shore thing, I think, is like that a little bit. Well, he's got he's got a whole YouTube series and, and a lot of other stuff that he's doing, too. And it was it's he's just an interesting guy. Like I, I, will I mean, say, he super is. I mean, he has he's he's a touchstone for so many pop culture references and like so much, like just crazy shit over the years. Yeah. Did you see the movie he did like maybe eight or nine years ago called Polly Shore is Dead? I uh, he referenced that. Um, I have not seen it. It's pretty great. It's it's. Uh, I'll say this. It's a really. It's like Idiocracy. It's a really great idea not so great a movie but the idea is great and so the it's it's but it's pretty self-aware the idea is that he just plays himself he literally just plays Polly Shore ex MTV VJ kind of quasi quasi famous former comedian whatever but the deal is he realizes that he's just a punchline and so his decision so he decides to fake his own death on the theory that when you're dead everybody suddenly remembers the best things about you and you become respectable so he actually fakes his own death as Polly Shore, thinking that that's the way to get critical respect. It's kind of a great idea, actually. It's 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 worth watching, if only because it's interesting to see how self-aware he sort of is or became at a certain point. Like he realized, and he decided to like steer into it and just embrace it. Um, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting movie to watch because it's he clearly at that point was like, this is who I am. I got to make you know yeah. work with what mm-hmm. I've got here. Yeah. Oh, I'll definitely watch that. That seems interesting. Yeah, I don't know what day that inter- the interview is going to air either, but sometime next week. All right. Well, I'm up. very curious to hear yeah. this. Yeah. It was. It was. It was weird. Awesome. Well, I'm going to rewatch the Cino Man too. Who is the most um, unlikely or interesting or whatever person you've interviewed, Greg? You've like that. You've, you've like I can't. You know, in the back of your head, you're like, I'm really going to get to talk to whoever. Um. Oh man, we've had a lot of strange ones. Uh, well, not strange, but just like Bob Saget followed him on Twitter. Yeah, Bob Saget. Bob Saget and I got along. Like he's, he's great. Awesome. Uh, he was cool. Uh, James Purefoy was really interesting. That was somebody I n- would have never thought I would talk to. He's the guy who played um, in Rome. He was uh, 
Mark Antony, and then he played a serial killer. He's one of those dudes you you see him and you're like, oh, I recognize that guy. He's just like so, like all around badass looking dude. Like, yeah, uh, Dennis Quaid. I talked to Dennis Quaid a couple of months ago at some point. Awesome. Yeah, which was. <laughs> and he weird. talked to the toothless guy from Tiger King. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> I actually see that Tiger King is one of those things I can feel myself, you know, I can feel the culture passing me by because everybody references it. If you put a gun to my head, I could not tell you what it's about at all in any way. I have zero idea what Tiger King is about, it's, except it seems like it might be about animals being mistreated somehow. So I feel like I can't watch it. There's a, a lot of people have had difficulties with that particular aspect of it. I mean, they're being like, I mean, they are neglected at some points. They definitely, but I mean, it doesn't show aggressive animal abuse or anything it's just like a piece of shit guy who owns okay. this really crappy but it's zoo about who tries their, to like, hire yeah who tries to hire someone to uh to murder his rival named carol baskin it's just it's it I think seems it was made up every, but it's not it That's was some, i think it's what everybody needed at the beginning of quarantine because it was yeah. just so out there and so distracting it will it was something be associated to focus on. with the start of the pandemic oh absolutely yeah yeah because that was that was That's our distraction. interesting that's really weird. I hadn't thought about that before. This is, you guys are geniuses. I hadn't, this is a total stone thing I hadn't thought of. Cause although I was thinking about how someday, I mean, in fact, already now we went from having, it's quickly, it's, it's amazing how fast these things happen, how fast we go from A to Z with cultural things now, because I mean, in the grand scheme of things, the pan, you know, the quarantine, at least here in the States has been in like six months of, you know, about give or take. But I feel like only three months in, I was already tired of I was already tired of mainstream artists recording songs about quarantine and <laughs> which is strange because the first one I heard was the Rolling Stones actually did this one called Living in a Ghost Town which is I may actually be the first high profile song about quarantine it came out just after it started here and it was at the time it was like really spooky and creepy and plus I was like the fucking stones they're all like 100 years old good yeah. for them and it's but but now it's like, you know, like Alice Cooper did one and Blink-182 just did one. And it's like, I'm sure they're OK, but it's like it's weird that that's going to be a whole there. That is going to be a whole like rings of a tree thing where you can look it and you'd be like, this is where the quarantine happened. You can see all these shitty songs being put out and all the songs about face masks and hand sanitizers. Yeah. And yeah. Quarant- yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Wow. It's a strange that's time. A- oh, that I just realized what time a- it is. <laughs> you guys have been talking yeah, for yeah. a long time. Well, uh, before you go. We do have a birthday today. We've got that we two. Came to say. two. Two. All right, tell me. Well, first one we missed yesterday. So we want to say happy birthday to our friend Jess. Happy birthday, Jess. Birthday to you. We're playing, it. We're playing our Elvis song. Rick, I don't know if you can hear that part. Can you hear all this? You can't. I cannot. That's not coming through. I don't understand how. Just so it doesn't work. seem like we're just sitting here silently. Okay. Why did we all switch to Zoom suddenly, like in the blink of an know. eye? Uh, they I were at the right place, the right time. Like Zoom is something that. That for digital trends, we've used it forever. Like since we started, like forever. That's just what the company software yeah. was. Is it better than Skype? <coughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I've so. also it's, just followed Greg's lead because I know that he, yeah, that he uses it and he's familiar with it. That company was at the right place, the right time for all of this, that people just needed something. And there was enough people that started using it that, I mean, they their stock price, like how much money they've made during this is ridiculous of what Zoom's made. Um but yeah, because it was because it was really easy to use. I think is what it really came yeah. down to. I'm sorry, I interrupted your birthday shoutouts. Oh yeah, what was the, yeah, and the second birthday, Greg? For Jen. Jen. It's Jen's birthday. Jen, it was, it was happy Jen's birthday. birthday a couple of days ago. I'm sorry, Jen. I oh, forgot. Greg, dropping the ball. Happy yes. birthday to you. Happy Woo! birthday to you. <laughs> <laughs> Singing it for Rick so he can hear too. Hot damn right. Um, you forgot to tell Rick. I know that we we have to wrap right now, but um, Rick, he did actually interview David Arquette. Last yes. week, really? Yeah, and that huh. seemed cool. Like I, that's a guy I want to be friends with. He he's, seems like he's rad. Uh, he he was, and he's another guy that's just so strange. So it was kind of surreal talking to him, and it took a little bit. But then I, we started getting uh, realizing we we liked some of the same stuff uh, because behind him he had this like like statue of a chimpanzee, and finally I'm just like, what what is going on? You know, with the monkey. Uh, behind you and he's like oh that's actually uh from peewee's big adventure and it's a replica of the waving one and that's I, and that's my favorite movie of all time it's peewee's big adventure so i was like david that's my favorite movie <laughs> david it's yeah. my favorite movie it was, too. It was really, <laughs> it's really surreal where i'm like hi like, david arquette david arquette of that's the david my arquette, favorite like movie. dynasty or the arquette yeah. clan yeah and then then he was like oh cool you know so then we had like this weird moment bro, bro yeah bro moment over peewee 
But uh, that was, yeah, that was definitely an interesting one. It's so weird. I, I remember like, you know, just like when it was like a big deal, if any, if any like celebrity anywhere like owned a computer or knew yeah. what they did. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember it was, you know, it was like when Vin Diesel like came out the like Vin Diesel, like, you know, I don't know. He was on IRC chat sometimes. We're like, oh, my God, it's unbelievable. And so now it's just like Polly Shore and David Arquette are on digital trends or whatever. It's just yeah. weird and, and awesome, but sort of strange. It's strange. It's, it's a strange world. Yeah. And he also and they're all from their own homes, too. So it's like you're seeing somebody. You house. can see everyone's backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're all nobody's. nobody's I get a little peek. Right well, that's actually that's. That's what I'm most curious about is just get a little mm-hmm. sneak peek in there. Yeah, I saw Dennis Quaid's living room. That was weird. That's super weird. Isn't that weird? Anyway. Yeah. I know we need and to we get to up. see Rick Emerson's. Uh, yes, and Rick Emerson's I guess, I guess it's not living room. Living room? I don't know. A room. Uh, yeah, this is, my, this is my living room, yes. Awesome. Well, good color. Good conversation. And thanks for coming on. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that's that maroon the... color. It was, I, I like the maroon color that's as well. The, uh... so that's what I'm saying. Or like the brownish maroon. That's the, it's, it's like you're angling for speech. An, <laughs> like an NBR, NPR gig or something. <laughs> Thank you, Rick Emerson, yeah. for joining us today. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> A lot of people are gardening now. <gasps> Rick next, Emerson, are you one of those gardening people? <laughs> Do you have tips and tricks to keep your tomatoes oh, fresh? Okay. That's that's good. Well done. Okay. Oh, All right, Rick, uh, we'll talk to you at some point next week. Yes. yes sure. All right. Send us an email, funemploymentradio.gmail.com. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Probably no show tomorrow. We'll talk to you next time for Fun Radio. Bye. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye, Rick. My face hurts from laughing. <laughs>